0: Hello and welcome to episode forty-eight of the Reading Cove podcast. If you're a book lover who may be interested in joining our online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com. For November two thousand fourteen, we're discussing *The Invention of Wings* by Sue Monk Kidd. So, hi, I am Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club. And we're here to share our thoughts on our November 2014 pick, The Invention of Wings by Sue Monk Kidd, which is our 168th pick. And it was chosen by you, Roberta. Yes. (laughs) So let's start chatting about it. So this was based on, uh, interestingly, uh, the life of an early... American abolitionist Sarah Moore Grimke, which most of us had never heard of. I don't think anybody in the group said they'd ever heard of her. So I think that's great. And, you know, I want to start off by saying that I, I really like when authors, you know, dig in and do research and introduce the modern world to these people who have long since been forgotten. So it's nice when somebody uses the the platform of fiction to introduce them and, and remember them.
1: That's what I, I thought, too. Um, as I've said many times in The Cove and probably even here in the podcast, that in probably the past 10 years, I've learned more about history, mm-hmm. real-life history, from historical fiction novels yes. than any other source. Uh, the, as You're saying that history can only keep so much there unless you're a big historian, like at an academic level or something. You're not going to know these smaller stories unless you go digging for them. And so it's really something to have these brought to light and makes you realize how many different people from what you knew contributed to history and and made a change and, and started things rolling that needed to be done.
0: Right. And usually with historical fiction they're writing about very well-known historical figures. Right. Um oftentimes you don't hear about people that time has forgotten, you know, That's or th- who don't have biographers writing about them and things like that, like Sarah Grimké. I, I mean, I don't know if there are biographies about her, but most people don't know who she is. Right. Except they do now, you know, because right. Sumon Kid is is such a a popular best-selling author. So um, I think that's good. I, I'd like to see more of that.
1: And, of course, Oprah promoted this book, too, so that always means for, like, millions of people reading it that might never have picked it up otherwise. Exactly. And, I mean, some people might know Sue Monk more for her um, book, The Secret Life of Bees, since right. such a runaway bestseller by word of mouth to start with, and then it got spread further and further, became one of those uh, Book club favorites. Yeah. And then when and then they made the movie and that gave it a whole new second life, being exactly. popular with people. So so she's she's known for four and of course the uh, mermaid's chair. I think they made a lifetime movie of that. I didn't watch that because um, I didn't care for that book. The secret life of bees. I love this book. I liked a lot, but. I, everybody's entitled to a miss and that was definitely a miss, (laughs) my humble uh, opinion. And also I, I think I read that one with my now defunct Barnes and Noble group and Mm -hmm. it was
0: not well received there either. Yeah. I think most people didn't like it. Some people did, but I think most people didn't like the mermaid chair. I didn't. And I enjoyed the secret life of bees For the most part, I think even then, because with this book, The Invention of Wings, I gave it a C. I thought it was, you know, kind of average. It had some bright spots for me. But overall, I find that I really am not a fan of her writing style. I feel like it's it's. It just doesn't engage me. It's kind of dull and monotone. It's like when someone's speaking in a monotone, and no matter what they're telling you about, they could be telling you about one of the most exciting things ever, and it's just in this flat monotone. And that's how her writing style kind of comes across to me, and I, I felt that way in some parts of Secret Lives of Bees. But that story was a bit more compelling to me. I forget her name, the the protagonist in that book, The Little Girl. But I, fi- I think she came more into three dimensions than Sarah Grimke or Handful did in this book.
1: Well, yeah, I, I, I can't remember her name. Too many books to go. I'd I know. Have to, <laughs> I to Google it myself. But I said, but as usual, I probably like this current book uh the invention of wings a little bit more than you do but that's not unusual right <laughs> that's a good thing when it comes to book discussions because if everybody hates it or everybody loves it how how much fun can that be exactly. you have to have a little bit thing and maybe i'm not as discriminating about the uh writing style the tone i was just Really intrigued and engaged by the story that starts even before the Civil War, because so many stories of the Old South and slavery start like right before or or during the Civil War. Whereas this this started like a long time
0: before the Civil War. Yeah, this is like the antebellum.
1: Right, the antebellum thing and the and the and. Things were like at the the height of all these things going on. What well, was good for the plantation owners, but it certainly bad for the slaves. <laughs> and um, that you get a look at, at the family life, how that was. And then uh, lo- a look through handful's eyes at the everyday life of the slaves. Right. Both a handful and Sarah were caught in a situation where there was no room for them to be what they really wanted to be or to do different things, but the traditional things, because Sarah had been brought up in this family where it was all about society and looking good and having money and all that. And her mother had so many children. I don't think she had really much time to, uh, really do much with her other than she thought she was doing a good thing, giving Sarah a slave as a handmaid for her birthday, which I thought was just appalling, but I'm sure that happened.
0: Yeah, the mother, though, she seemed to be like the overseer.
1: Right, right. Yes. She, she was she was mean. She was tough, you know, So because mm-hmm. towards the end, and I'd had it on our, our trivia quiz, was that the daughter... The mother, the one, her namesake, Mary, Mm -hmm. that the slaves called her little missus. And that was not flattering at all (laughs) because she, you know, didn't tolerate anything. She either in her children or in the the slaves of the household. She was just really tough as nails. You know, you wanted to feel sorry for her because she'd been pregnant like the better part of her life. But I, I just couldn't be sad or sympathetic or even empathetic for her because she was just mean yeah even if she'd only had two children or something I think she was just mean and um, that her husband he was just kind of stuck in a traditional role also it was a little bit sad that he got so sick and and fell apart but at the same time that was just the way it was back then I felt like I got an insight into both the Handful and Sarah that they were
0: very frustrated and it was hard to do anything with this frustration. Right, right. And from the synopsis going into it, um, I was really looking forward to this pick. And I was I think I voted for it and I was glad when it was picked. And I thought there was going to be this like great friendship between Handful and Sarah. And I just feel like there it was very underdeveloped and like a hugely missed opportunity to create something special at this time in in U.S. history where but it never really developed. No, nothing really happened, you know. Not their friendship. Of, yeah. As far as friendship, that
1: I think the main things Sarah saw, she tried to educate Handful, and of mm-hmm. course, that was revealed, and they were both in big trouble.
0: Right. That
1: she tried to release her to free her, and she couldn't do that because of the laws of the time. But at least by the very end it may be a spoiler for those who read but by this time if you haven't read it
0: you shouldn't be listening
1: (laughs) um, you know she did eventually realize her dream in a roundabout way of freeing handful right so that was the one thing but i think it would it would have been even more compelling engaging if there had been more this undercurrent of they were they were friends they had a, a
0: closer a bond.
1: bond yeah but maybe that just wasn't meant to be and even though handfuls seemed friendly and open she she had ulterior motives and as we were saying that she did have a certain wit and irony about her to be able to cope with the situations that she was put in all the time so I, yeah she wasn't, I agree. As, she wasn't as warm and fuzzy as one would think she was pretty wily
0: i liked the view of her mother Right. We never got her mom's point of view, only through handful. Right. And I think you know, like a novel, uh, like a a novella or something, or a short story about her mom might be a lot more interesting than this was. Because just the glimpse of her that we got—I forget her name, Charlotte. Charlotte. The glimpse of Charlotte that we got, and she was such a rebel, and she just seemed like somebody who was doomed to, you know, just born at the wrong time. With right. a spirit that was just going to get her, lead her to an early death. And because she was just, you know, very, very resentful of her station in life as a slave. And that was just not good for anybody at, at a time like that. You were just going to suffer a lot. And she did. And I I found that her aspect in the story to be the most interesting thing in the whole book. And, you know, I would be interested to read more about her. Right. Um, but I feel like Handful was supposed to be like echoing a lot of that you know, she got a lot of that from her mother and, you know, when she was, you know, organizing things and sneaking off over the fence to go to meetings and stuff and taking all these risks. Um, and in a, in a big way, she never really warmed to Sarah, which you can understand, but at the same time, Sarah was really unique in that when she came in and caught handful bathing in her tub, (laughs) I mean, she could have been killed over that, right? You know, so severely punished, or or, yeah, you know. And it's like I think that should have signaled to handful that hey, there's something special there. That I feel like that was one of the missed opportunities. I'm thinking of to deepen their bond and let this friendship go to another level.
1: That's true. I yeah, I can see that point
0: yeah so you know that's it for me i'm I'm not sure that you know I know she has a lot of fans, but I'm just not sure her writing style's for me
1: the The main thing is i I like the perspective this gave on some of the things that really did take place. I know you have to flush out the some of the happenings because you sure don't know after all these many years. What people actually said or did, you just have records of this and that, like maybe diaries and then things that happened along the way with this family. It was was sad to me that here Sarah uh, joined the Quakers because they were both peaceful and most of them are very much anti-slavery. They were abolitionists. But she got a little bit too much out in the fringe for them, even they were trying to rein her back. So Mm -hmm. it seemed like those people, I don't know that much about the Quakers at that time, but it seemed like they really weren't practicing what they preached. They were afraid for
0: themselves, too. They were on the fence. In many ways. And they wanted her to like retract a letter that she'd written or something. Right, right. And um, yeah, so that was very interesting. And her life after she went north to Philadelphia, was it?
1: Uh huh.
0: I I don't know. I, I wanted to be more interested, but I was, it was slogging. It was plotting for me. It was like, okay. It was, I just wasn't that interested in it. But when you look at Sarah Grimke's life and what, and what her and her sister Angelina did, that is very interesting.
1: Yeah. That they were able to do things like that, even though it certainly wasn't what was respected back home it was like Sarah I don't think she was ever supposed to come back home it was too embarrassing she'd know but she'd gotten banned right? she got banned yeah it was too embarrassing and she'd gotten banned that's right and because it was embarrassing to the family and the whole town but even like I said up north these people that they, they said they wanted to change things but they weren't always as out there as she was they weren't as rebellious to get things done and she was as I said before, she was sort of frustrated not being able to do these things. And at the same time, she and her sister both seemed to be in the forefront of pushing for women to have more rights, which eventually came to fruition mm-hmm. in the, uh, about
0: 1920,
1: was it 1919 or 1920, when women finally got the vote and had a little bit more representation.
0: Which was way after her death. So,
1: after her death, yes. But if it hadn't been for her and some of these other brave women, mm-hmm. it might have taken even longer
0: Exactly. They got it going.
1: And, and one of
0: the reasons, you know, the Quakers and groups like that seemed to be, you know, conflicted or on the fence was because oftentimes these white people who took a stand against the, the institution of slavery were often treated even more harshly than the slaves. Right. right. They were seen as race traitors. They were terrorized and killed and, you know, all kinds of horrible things done to them. So you, it's understandable that people are fearful and they don't, they have lots to lose. Oh So, you know, it was hard and, and I, you know, it's it's hard. And you can see someone like Sarah taking continuing to take a stand, despite being incredibly brave. Oh, she
1: was, because as you said, any time something could happen to her and, and they wouldn't have thought twice whether she's a woman or not or uh, doing something to shut her up.
0: Yeah. So she was incredibly brave.
1: And even her sister, Angelina, I thought they had a, a different sort of relationship And that was what the book was bringing out, that since Angelina was so much younger than Sarah and poor Mama was worn out after all these children.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: She agreed for her to be both the sister and the godmother, sort of relieve some stuff off of her when she was already overwhelmed with everything that was going on. So it was nice that they had this... Uh, close bond and they were able to work together for these issues that they felt, both felt very passionate and strong about. Angelina, I believe she was the one that went on to get married, whereas Sarah decided that she didn't want to be married, especially because of these Quakers, It was she really wouldn't have been able to, she would have been married, but she wouldn't have been able to do what she wanted as far as the different issues she was so strongly, uh, she so strongly felt about because that these Quakers they expected the wife to be the typical wife of the time to take care of the house and the children and and be there for the husband, and also why well, she didn't
0: want to get married after all, even though she thought she
1: did at first
0: I think she was too independent for marriage, okay. and when that one man did propose to her. I don't remember why, but she didn't um, accept it. Nothing came of it. And I think it's just that because she was very strong willed and independent minded and not going to conform to her station that was expected at the time, which made her an anomaly. Oh, sure. You know, and, um, but that's, you know, worthy of respect, man, because it's hard to go against the mass, you know, when you, when you're the one who's off the beaten track.
1: Exactly. And then you could uh, not blame her, too, because she'd already gotten burned that one time by that guy. I guess you, would, back in those days, you would call him a cad. That I know. <laughs> Burt Williams guy. He was really wild because you you think of, of course, back then there were the Southern gentlemen, but he was one of the Southern scoundrels. Scoundrels
0: because he was just proposing marriage to every woman so he could sleep with them.
1: Right. right. And then he was was sort of a gold digger, a gold digger too. He was looking to get some money out of the deal. Yes, yes because the once the wife was his that um you get he, a dowry he would get a dowry he'd get whatever she happened to have women back then weren't much different from the slaves they were property too they couldn't really own things on their own for the most part so it it was it was interesting but i thought well that added a little it was sad for her but add a little humor to the book to a little comic relief. <laughs> this guy was so wild and crazy. I
0: know. And she was so hurt though. Well, because I, I, she was homely described as homely and not like the bell of the ball. And right. And so when he focused in on her, she was like, wow. Oh, he likes me, you right. know, and that, that wet her beak. And then to find out that, Oh no, he, he just, you know, he had ulterior motives.
1: Yeah. Well, that would hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Yeah, especially if if you didn't have very good self esteem. I mean, she was very intelligent. That's what she her uh, genetic traits were. She was intelligent. She didn't get the look, say of uh, some of the other ones in the family, but she was highly intelligent. But back in that day, that wasn't necessarily prized because she probably had more education than most women of her time. But you still you didn't go off to college or any special things you had to have a tutor maybe and then learn on your own whatever you needed to know Mm -hmm. I said I'm I'm glad I picked it and I'm glad that I moved on to be able to read it after putting it on the back burner for a while
0: I think it was a good pick it was a great pick and it gave us a lot to talk about we had our online or we're still having our online discussion with the rest of the group and um, it brings up a lot of Um, issues about your station in life and conforming to expectations and you know sarah grimke who none of us had heard of so now you know we're more enlightened about our history in america That's that's right so that's awesome and uh i think the overall grade was a c plus so above average um there were no nothing lower than a c minus from anybody in the group. And I think the highest was a B plus you, from you. right? So it was just B's and C's. So it averaged out to a C plus. So not a bad, not a bad read. Right. Not bad. And, and you know, I'm, I think it was worth it just to learn about Sarah Grimke and Angelina. Grimke. That's, that's, that's how I felt too, that I, I liked the historical part mm-hmm. of it a lot. Definitely. All right. So, That's going to wrap up our discussion of The Invention of Wings by Sue Monk Kidd. And we want to thank you for listening and tuning in. And please leave us your comments. What did you think of The Invention of Wings? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Let us know. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will be discussing In the Hope of Rising Again by Helen Scully. See you next time. Bye. Bye.